And now, here's your resource queen, Alex Litwack. Welcome. I am back in the offices of Derek Weaver of Heal Your Disease. He is a certified herbalist, he is a certified Reiki practitioner, and he is a certified comprehensive iridologist. Welcome, Derek. Hi, thank you. All right. My whole life I've said iridology, but you said it's iridology. So I was the exact same way. Always, always, always was iridology, but... You know, when the iridology teacher pronounces it that way, I start changing it that way. And every iridologist that I've met that is actually in practice pretty much calls it iridology. And you think iris, iridology, as opposed to iris is not what we say. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I, I've got a new word now. I'm very excited about that. All right. Can you define iridology? Iridology is the study of the iris. The iris is the colored portion of your eyeball, and all the little lines that are in there are all little blood vessels called trabecula. All of the blood of the entire body moves through every one of those blood vessels every day. Wait a minute. All the blood in your entire body goes through the blood vessels in your eyes? In the iris of your eye every day. I find that astounding. It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So the fact that we have, you know, most people are familiar with the idea of reflexology, where you have a map of the whole body on your hand or your feet. The body is covered with these maps. You know, the face tells us a lot, um, the, you know, the ears, the tongue, the fingernails, all those things. But the eyes tell us much more detailed information. And it's because the blood is flowing through every organ and moving all through the body and then comes back and gives a report to the iris, essentially. And so if there is trauma to an organ, you might develop a pigmentation over the area in that eye, uh, in the iris, which essentially, the way I was taught, is to, if you're building a pigmentation or something like that, or, or something is changing, it's because the body is trying to protect itself from, say, the UV light of the sun because it doesn't want that to influence that organ any longer. So it, it may just be too much, right? You don't want to sunburn your kidneys or something. That is fascinating to me. I have seen a, an iridology map, as you are saying. Mm -hmm. So can we work our way around the iris and give sort of a sense of which organ is located where on the eye? Uh, sure. Um, if you're familiar with any other type of reflexology, typically the top of the map is the head and the bottom is the foot. So there is that still that commonality. Um, and then the eyes are sort of kind of mirror images of each other. But some things like your heart is not exactly in the center of your chest, right? So it's not exactly, it, it's going to be more in your left iris as opposed to the right iris, right? So there, there's some things like that, but typically on the outsides of the iris, you have the lungs, and then as you move down, you have the, the liver is typically below that. Um, then down at like 6 o'clock, you've got the kidneys and, you know, legs or reproductive organs, and then you come back into like the nasal side of the iris and you have like the thyroid and stuff like that, just as kind of a general basics of things. So when you look at somebody's eye, what, what do you want to see in terms of health? What, what would be a healthy looking eye? Well, it's relative to the individual, really. Um, 
the, the thing that gets kind of confusing is the iris itself is your genetic predisposition for health or, or challenges or personality traits or things like that. And you can see like five or six generations in there. So the iris itself isn't, it's not like it's good or bad. It's just what it is. It's the whites of the eyes, the, the, the sclera, which is the white around the iris, is your current condition. And so ideally, if somebody were to come in, seeing crystal clear white eyes would tell me that they are in great health. That's so interesting. Would you see when you look at someone's iris, let's say they have kidney troubles. Okay. What would you see toward the bottom of their iris? So if in the iris itself, if they were having kidney, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily know if they were having kidney issues. It's more of kind of you get hints. And so you talk to the client and you ask them, hey, it looks like you may have a genetic predisposition towards kidney trouble. Do you tend to have kidney stones or you know back pain or things like that? And you start working through it, and they might be young and have no issues, but, you know, grandma always had kidney stones or something. Okay, well, this is something that is going to be a challenge for you if you live grandma's lifestyle. And so that's kind of how it works. But, like I said earlier, if, the, if, if maybe they've, I don't know, had kidney failure or they've done a kidney transplant, gave one to their brother or something like that, you will a lot of times see a pigmentation form over that area, over the kidney area, signifying that there has been a trauma or a surgery or something major happened there. And, and so you would see that form, and, and that would be something that would be like, hey, what, what happened to your kidney? Or, or have you somebody punch you in the back or something, you know, or what happened? And then that kind of develops a story, which then can lead into other questions. So it's not pure sorcery. Like there, <laughs> there is some conversation and some, some actual discussion that goes on to get to that information. Why do you like iridology? I find all varieties and all modalities of health fascinating and how they all interact with each other. Um, iridology was something, I guess I get attracted to studying things that I can't find enough info on. And iridology was something that I couldn't find a lot of good solid info on until I ran into Dr. Ellen Jensen, who was the um, daughter-in-law of Bernard Jensen. And I studied with her and she really trained me a lot. She, of course, had people in her circle that helped uh, with the trainings and taught about the sclerology and just taking good pictures and watching the lighting and different things and how um, there's a lot of um, screwy stuff and, and people saying, oh, yeah, your eyes changed. And, you know, I think the eyes can change, but I don't think it's as common as people say, not in the iris of the eyes. So I, I found it interesting that it's sort of this, for most people, this kind of concrete map of the challenges that they will have in their life. And it gives you all of the, the goods. I mean, if, if somebody's going to give you that deep of a look into their eyes, it's, it's everything. It's all their secrets. It's everything. So you really can tell all of the stuff that, you know, somebody's trying to overcome or the challenges that they're getting ready to overcome. There's... It just gets so deep. I, I don't know how to describe it to you in the short amount of time that we have. Well, <laughs> if I were to come to you mm -hmm. to have you do iridology on me, right. what kind of pictures would you take? I have a 
uh, digital camera and I just take a picture and then I blow it up on the screen and it's, it's just an iridology picture. It's basically just a picture of your eye focused on your iris. And if there is interesting stuff going on in the sclera, I'll have you look both ways and up and down and take pictures of the white parts of your eyes because there's maps for that too. And we can tell all the intimate details about what's currently going on in your life versus what is genetic potential for problems and say, well, you know, you've got a strong heart, but it looks like you're having heart trouble or your cardiovascular system is struggling or whatever it is, right? So I blow it up on the screen and then we just break it down into the type and subtype and try to get all the information that's there. And really it's just a matter of helping people kind of realize who they are and what their conditions are. And I a lot of times will use the iridology in combination with some other tests and some conversation to find overlapping data points to say, okay, well, you could, you know, you, you've got a, a lacuna or a potential weak spot in your thyroid, but you've not said anything about cold hands, cold feet, or any other hormonal regulation stuff, so it's probably not an issue, so let's not get all stressed out about a thyroid thing, right? What's a lacuna? A lacuna is, you know, it means lake, right? A, a lacuna or a lagoon, right? And so if you look at an eye and some people will have very straight lines or trabecular blood vessels, and some people will have just tons of what look like flower petals all around their pupil. And these, these flower petals are also known as lacunas, and they are just areas where the blood vessels have kind of split and moved, over, moved away from that organ in the eye. And it's just signifying that toxins or disease or bad energies will pool and collect in that area. And so that is just a genetic predisposition. That is not something that I've ever known to change in anybody. Um, so if, if you don't have that, things typically will slough off and you'll have a better resiliency to things. Me, I am full of flower petals and lacunas, so I, I actually... If I'm not careful, I hold on to problems. So I constantly, I kind of have to live in a state of detox and meditation and everything, or I hold on to that stuff and it will breed disease and problems and stress in my life. So I have a frequent feedback and those little lacunas in those little spots tell us where the problem areas are, potentially. You take that first set of pictures of somebody's iris uh-huh. and that helps you assess what either has been going on with them hereditarily, biologically, and what challenges they may have. Do you then ever take pictures of their irises again? Sure, if they want me to. Um, Again, um, the iris itself, the way I was trained under um, IPA, which is the International Iridology Practitioners Association, they have a strong belief that the eye, the iris never changes, okay, which is very backwards from your Dr. Morris and your old, old school iridologists would say, you know, okay, come to me, oh, yep, there's parasites, and next time, oh, yep, they're gone, you know, but it's kind of been shown over the decades with the change in cameras, you know, you go to one guy and he's got really good lighting, you go to another guy and he doesn't have lights at all, well, your pupil will change shapes with the light, which then changes the shape of your iris, which makes things look vastly different, okay? So the old way of thinking is, okay, that's fixed now because that lacuna's gone. 
Well, not necessarily. Now, shading and brightness and general, like, you know, you'll, you'll talk to people whose eyes go from, like, a green to a hazel or a gray or whatever. I do believe there is some shading changes that happen because some of that is more superficial, that the actual structure and the blood vessels and the muscles of the eye don't really ever change. And so if they want to come back, we can see, especially if they've had, um, I had one client who had a, a, a black spot. Now, just full disclosure here, just because you have a black spot on your eye doesn't mean that there's anything bad going on. But in some cases, it can imply that there is a problem, a trauma, a cancer, or something. And so I tell people, if you notice this change at all, come back in, let's do more pictures. If it's growing, let's examine it closer and find out what to do, you know? And, but that pigmentation, once it forms, almost never goes away. So if you have a dark spot on your eye or a certain pigmentation, again, it could have been problem 20 years ago. So it's nice to kind of check back in with some people sometimes just to see if there has been progression in these things. Okay, that's a talking point. This is something we need to look at. Let's run some other tests. Maybe we should talk to some other doctors and see what's going on to see if there, there's a big problem that you're overlooking, right? And then come back in. We'll go over your diet. We'll go over your lifestyle. And we'll really try to focus in on things that are going to be the of best help to you. Does the color of your eye impact the iridology reading? Yes. How so? Blue eyes are always easier to read because they show more detail. A true brown eye is very difficult to read a lot of times. Now, with the camera I have now, it's a whole heck of a lot easier because we can blow it up and, and see it a lot easier. But when you're, you know, old school, I was just using a magnifying glass with a light on it to, to look at people's eyes. And it's, it's really difficult to see detail in that, that dark, velvety, chocolate brown eye. A lot of times the, the blue eyes, you think traditionally, right, Europeans and our, you know, lavish kind of diets and heavy sugar and, you know, less active and less sunlight and stuff, we've become genetically weaker, whereas a lot of brown eyes around the world have been more active, right? And, and their, their traditional diets and lifestyles have been preserved more recently than most blue-eyed people. And so a lot of times you'll find a much more tight fiber, um, good resiliency, and it just, it, when you have that in a brown eye, it of course still tells you a lot of info, but it's not as exciting as somebody with, you know, 10 generations of bad diet and poor decisions, and you can talk all day about that. So yes, it does make an impact, and, and on that note, there's only two colors of eyes, blue and brown, and then there's combination of, known as biliary. Now, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I have green eyes. Mm -hmm. So you're a blue-eyed person. There's nothing blue about my eyes. Right. So you probably have some yellow pigmentation in your eye that would imply, like, urinary troubles or potential for urinary troubles. And wherever that yellow pigmentation occurs, if you were to, say, have a bladder infection, it would affect the area where that yellow pigmentation is, is occurring. But that yellow against the blue will make a green kind of look, right? So, yes, you may have a green appearance to your eye, but you would fall under the category of blue eye. Hmm. 
going to have to change all my forms. <laughs> <laughs> I have blue eyes. Can't you tell? It's so when you talk about the generational stuff, it makes me wonder, is biology destiny in terms of iridology? I, I think in a way it kind of can be perceived as that. I think it's more of just this is the list of challenges that you've received in this life and you need to work on these things to undo it for the next generation. I personally believe that, that will alters our DNA, right? So if you are going to choose to eat Twinkies and drink beer every day of your life, you are willing yourself into a weaker genetic code for your offspring, right? Whereas if you are consciously working out and doing the best possible things and meditating and, you know, treating people well, you're going to will a better genetic code for your offspring. And so that then will change the iris of your child. And I do tell people it's, it's a lot of fun for new parents to come in, get their eye pictures taken, and then bring your kid back. And I can tell you which kind of genetic traits that they picked up from who and, you know, personality traits or, hey, they're going to be, you know, it looks like they got the weak kidney, so make sure you're teaching them to drink water and things like that. Because really the most impact for iridology is, you know, before anybody conceives a child, right? That's the whole goal of this. Um, of course, there's the, the sort of diagnostic of, of learning more about yourself, and we all need to learn more about ourselves constantly to really achieve what we're supposed to achieve in this life, right? So, yes and no, I, I guess it's just sort of the answer to your question. Well, it's one, it's one map. Yeah. It's not the only map, but it's one map. When I think about that map, I think about organs. But you just said something to the effect of a personality mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. How does that show up? So there's, even within the eye, there's different people that study it in relation to different things, right? So mostly it's been used as a, a health diagnostic tool, so therefore for the physical body. But there are people who do nothing but study personality traits and patterns in the eyes. And, you know, again, you're, like my eyes, full of flower petals. So I would be a flower-type personality trait, <laughs> which means I'm typically much more creative, okay? We're somebody who is... Uh, known as a streamline, which is very straight blood vessels, and they slough off the disease a lot easier. They're usually very strong, hardworking, go, go, go kind of people that have a hard time shutting off at the end of the day. Um, they're, they're better leaders and um, motivational type people. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, but there's even fun stuff. Now, I've not dug into this too much, and a lot of people might kind of think I'm off my rocker for talking about it, but there's even, and I can't remember who it was that um, was studying this, but if you look at, there's, in the center of the iris, there is kind of the digestive area, and then just on the border outside of that is what's called the um, collarette, and that's your autonomic nervous system, and this is sort of like the starburst pattern that happens in the center of your eye there. That supposedly follows a 0 to 60 lifetime uh, year cycle. So at zero, if you have a very low point in that starburst, then that would be nothing exciting is happening. But maybe at 10 years old, your parents split up and that's a very traumatic thing. And you're going through a lot of moving and crazy things, changing schools or whatever. And that might be a spike in the cholerate. 
And so it is, it is to kind of your last question there, it is kind of believed that these things match up. And there's not a, enough evidence that I've really seen, but there are, I've talked to people that say, yeah, it lines up exactly with events in my life and, and they're all predestined in your eye. Where do, where's zero? Zero's at, at, at noon, at top. At noon, yeah. and then you're going uh, you're clockwise? Going counterclockwise. You're going counterclockwise. Mm -hmm. Why is that? That's a good question, I don't know. Oh my God, Derek, I can't believe you don't have an I, answer to one I, of my questions. I, I really strive to have answers for everything, but I'm not there yet. Well, I love the whole flower child thing. Uh -huh. I think that's fascinating. Now, what do you do when somebody has, you know, broken blood vessels all over the sclera of their eyes? And that from, let's say, being on a computer all day or just basic sure. stress. Well, where's that broken blood vessel? You know, what organ is it setting in? Is it an emotional or physical variety of the organ? Um, so I would look at that and of course a broken blood vessel is going to tell you that, I mean, right off the bat, I would think very low in a usable calcium, right? Because their, their veins aren't holding together, right? You know, maybe some vitamin E or essential fatty acids of some variety, right? That just in itself, I mean, if you had a broken blood vessel in your leg or something, I would say the same thing, right? That is just a structural issue of, of you're missing some component, but if it happened in a particular organ area, I would say, well, there, if that's happening in that area, there's probably some heavy, scary stuff going on. And the brighter that blood vessel is in the sclera, the more active and right now and angry it is, right? So like your, I call it like a one to five. So one being something where you can just barely tell a hint of pink moving through the whites of the eyes, where five is something that you can see the bloodshot vessel in the guy across the room, you know? That's, that's angry, that's a current condition, that's like a red flag saying, please help, I need your attention. And so if it's a popped blood vessel, then that's a huge, that's like a six on a one to five scale, right? That's like, you really need to take this seriously right, right now. Like stop what you're doing and focus on this. We've gone to DEFCON 9 at this point. Exactly. Yeah. So the organs in the iris itself mm -hmm. are one part of the reading, but then the sclera also mm -hmm. has certain parts, whether upper right, lower left, whatever, right. that match up to the organs as well. Yes. So are the, do those match up then, the iris and the sclera? Or what if, what if they A don't match up? A lot of times, up? yeah. They're, they're, they're um, kind of neighbors, right? So like the liver and the sclera is just right, on the, right across the border from the liver and the iris. Um, there's the, the sclerology is something that has not been as heavily studied as iridology, and so the maps and stuff are still kind of being redeveloped. I mean, it's it's ancient; it goes back like six thousand years at least. But you know, there was a huge gap of time where it was kind of lost, and so there people are kind of picking up the pieces of the old and then doing studies and constantly just refining the charts. So it's, it's not exactly fine-tuned for the sclerology just yet, but yes, there is, you know, the lungs are on the same side, you know, as, as the, the, um, the lungs and the iris, so there is a lot of correlation there. What if you are a person who has eye problems? Mm -hmm. Not liver problems, not kidney problems, not thyroid problems, but your actual eyes mm -hmm. are troubled in some way. Mm -hmm. Does iridology relate to that? As well? Well, sure. I mean, if you're having eye problems, then that should tell me that you're probably having a lot of other problems too, right? Just because we rarely are 
one problem. You know what I mean? It's it, in, in the holistic approach to things, it's a lot of times it all goes back to the gut. You know, are you absorbing water? Is that why you have dry eyes? Are you absorbing the nutrients you need to get the stimulation of blood flow up into the head to get the, you know, the circulation into your eyes to repair them or improve or whatever it is? Iridology is just, it's, it's a diagnostic tool of sorts, right? It's, it's a new look at an old problem, potentially. Or it's a new look at a potential new problem that might be on the horizon that you're not addressing. But yeah, if you're having eye trouble, there's no reason why you shouldn't go to an iridologist or herbalist or anything like that. Because if, if somebody, I mean, I just assume that anybody, any iridologist I've met doesn't know just iridology. They also can kind of read the face. They can kind of read other things. They are very good with herbs and the body and anatomy and all of it. So it's, it's an understanding of the whole system to be able to just look at the eyes and then know what to do, right? Like if, if I have the info, it doesn't really do you any good if we don't know what to do with it, right? So if the eyes are having trouble, yes, yeah, come see me. Well, well there's plenty to do. Well, I was thinking about that old expression that the eyes are the windows to your mm-hmm. soul. It seems to me that the eyes are the windows to your health. Yeah. Oh, and so much more. But yeah, absolutely. And and they are the window to your soul. I mean, we even studied just a little bit of that in, in training for this, that you could look at, you know, a picture of somebody's eyes when they're like young and innocent. And then, you know, 20 years later, after they've been through some stuff and you can just see the sorrow or the grief or just the heaviness, right? There's so much there. And it's, it's not always a a physical visual perception it's just kind of you're picking up an essence of something you know like some people read auras or whatever right well i'm not seeing your auras i'm just seeing there's there's just like this sense of emotion and it it can be in the eyebrows and, and it can be under the eyes you know it's not just the eyeball itself there's so many things that work together there and you kind of have to look at the whole thing before you understand what's going on and and listen to your your inner self to kind of hear how that gets translated. I have loved learning about iridology. I, I'm fascinated by it. I'm not sure I'm going to let you take pictures of my eyes, but I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed this very much. Derek, if someone's interested in contacting you, your website is healyourdisease.com. Healyourdisease.com. You can learn all about Derek. You can learn all about all the tools in his toolbox, and you can schedule an appointment to meet with him. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you. Don't be shy. Give me a call. There are so many CBD stores from which to choose. CBD Jubilee sets itself apart from all the others with an excellent array of top-end hemp products and a knowledgeable staff that will work with you to get you feeling your best. Choose to take care of your body and mind in a foundational way by supplementing with CBD. Find out more great information about CBD at cbdjubilee.com. Today's show has been sponsored by CBD Jubilee, bringing you health and happiness every day. Thanks for tuning in.